Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Lead and Manager Coach Rob Riles here with another programme. Now today I'm in a, an absolutely wonderful location. I've travelled up this morning, it's took me a little bit longer than I thought, but that was due to uh, sat-nav sat issues. Um, but I'm sitting overlooking the Tyne River in one of the great cities in uh, in the UK. And it's an absolute privilege to be in the company of somebody who I can call a real friend um, who I've managed to nail down um, in his close season. And he's going to chat to us and uh, we're going to see how much information we can glean from this gentleman. The gentleman I'm talking about is a guy called Simon Smith. Now, I met Simon a few years ago um, when we both worked for the English FA. And... I don't think Simon will mind me saying that we became good friends. And um, I've come up this morning, had a cup of tea with Simon and I met his wife, Lucy, and we've had a chat. But what I want to do now is I want to take a little bit of a deep dive into Simon's knowledge um, and see if we can bring some stuff out that I know will will benefit you. So, hi, Simon. Rob? Well, thanks for inviting me into your home. It's uh, it's an absolutely beautiful place you've got here. And... Um, just so that everybody everybody knows who you are, what I'd like you to do um, is just explain um, how you kind of got into got into football in the first place, um, and then I'll kind of fill in the fill in the gaps. So, um, and we we know that you're a, a professional football coach um, with a speciality for goalkeeping, and you've got a long history. Um, so, just just start off by telling us how you got into into your into your work. Uh, got into my work by. Um... <laughs> Leaving school at 16, uh, doing the old-fashioned football apprenticeship at Newcastle United. Um, stayed there till I was 22, got the dreaded free transfer, uh, dropped into playing non-league football, eventually about a year ending up at Gateshead. Uh, playing for Gateshead, always wanted to get back into professional football. That was, yeah. that was still the dream, still yeah. the dream. Um, had a couple of opportunities to go on trial, but nothing ever came of the, or nothing, no real opportunity yeah. came. So played for Gateshead, ended up playing for, for 10 years, uh, 501 games, uh, 374 consecutive games, which I think wow. was a record at some yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed it. Highest standard non-league football in the Northeast at the time. Um, as I say, great for my career. But part time worked in a sports shop in North Shields right. to supplement yeah. my income, yeah. Yeah. and then um, got to thirty, the age of thirty. And Lucy, my wife, said to me, "You're gonna have to." We had uh, one Ben on Ben already, and then Will was on the way. Yeah. So she said, "You're gonna have to think about your future." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which at thirty, you're gonna get serious yeah, now. So yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah. <laughs> you need a proper job. <laughs> so uh, luckily, um, at the time. Playing for Gateshead was a gentleman called Dave Houlston, who was actually uh, a lecturer at uh, Newcastle Polytechnic, as it was at the time, University of Northumbria, it turned into. Yeah. Um, 
and had a chat with Dave and said, "Look, I've got no, I had, I've got one O, one O level and three GCSEs, um, but with the fact that I've been a professional sportsman for ten yes, years, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and he managed to. Uh, I'm saying he managed. He, I, I went. I had to go and do a, an entrance qualification, but got in to do a, a degree in sports studies. What did it? People often say, so what did that give you? Yeah. Uh, really, it gave me the time to get involved in coaching. Um, the degree was a general sports degree, so you got to, uh, well, I suppose it did two things. One, it actually gave me the background or the rationale to what I'd been doing over the years Yes. Uh, as a player. And then it also gave me time uh, through placements and different bits and pieces of the course to really have a look at goalkeeping in some depth because that's what my passion is. So um, I managed two years, but unfortunately fail, <laughs> failed in the third, uh-huh. and um, which ultimately meant uh, that I couldn't do the dissertation bit of the degree to get the honours bit. Yeah. But in another way, it worked more in my favour because what I asked was, could I write a book on goalkeeping uh, for my final yes. kind of assessment? Yeah. To which they said yes. So I did that. I did uh, all the all followed the process. Did the research of literature, looking at everybody else's, thinking about your own ideas, doing some research into it, some filming. Produced a book, which then um, luckily I managed to get published by the National Coaching Foundation at the time. That's the one I've seen, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's been two editions. Uh, I'm not sure what's happened to it at the moment, uh, but uh, there's been two editions. Um, it was always an ambition to write a book on goalkeeping. Uh, so that was fulfilling. So the, is that still available? So he says, uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm not is sure that, whether it is. Okay. Uh, that's, a, that's, such a, that's actually a great All question. Right. Now, okay. Rob, now you mentioned that. So yeah, so that, but that gave me that opportunity to do that. Uh, caused havoc with my playing because having to go into so much detail about what you've done basically automatically for all of those years as a player and then try and take it back to teach people step by step. So let's just stop there. So, does this highlight for you the difference between being a good or excellent technician and able to actually practice the profession and the ability to pass that on to somebody else? Is that what you're saying? Yes, now? that's that's yeah. I, I think that's. I I often say it's about. I, I'm a I'm a teacher of goalkeeping. Uh huh. So to teach it, you have to know it. That specifically and in that much depth yes. that you can pick out the bits that yes. need to be picked out. So as I say, that's what it did. It, it caused havoc with my playing because you would get in a situation which normally you'd take for granted. You've seen lots of times before, but all of a sudden, because you were thinking about it, because I was having to write it down to teach other people, it's like, as an example, crossing, which was never my strong point as a player in any way, dealing with crosses, it became even worse because you're looking at the position, the position of the, the 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 crosser, the position of the ball, where your defenders are, where your attackers are, uh, where your what your position in the goal is, and then when he kicks it, the flight of the ball. What's your decision? Yeah. So all of those, yeah. I, I sound like I'm coaching now. So all of those things that That's you use great. for coaching, great. yeah, yeah. But all of a sudden, as a player, and by the time you've thought of all those things, uh, he's actually crossed it and somebody's headed it in the goal. So <laughs> and actually, you're still standing you're thinking. That- the process that you were involved in actually was benefiting one side of your profession. Yes. The teaching. Yeah. But was, wasn't actually helping 
No, it was actually because it was it causing was, you to it think. Was, it was causing me massive problems as a player. So one day, one of the lads said I wasn't playing very well. So one of the guys, the players, said to me, "What's wrong? With you? <laughs> What's wrong with you?" And I said, "Well, I'm writing a book, and I'm having to think about it so much." that I, I wow. can't play at the same time. And, and he said, well, you need to forget the book and just concentrate on your playing. So just go back to being a player. You can think about the book yeah. during the week, you know, and that's what I did. And and, and it was good because I, I also got into uh, little things like that. That's how the police teach their drivers to uh, learn how to drive safely and be learned to be more observant as a driver because they commentate as they're, as they're doing, doing it. As they're driving. Yeah. So they'd say pedestrian, left-hand side, zebra crossing 300 yards. Yeah. So they actually teach people to do it, which I was unaware of. I just thought I'd stumbled yes. on this by mistake. Yes. I then found out, which was interesting, that that's how other people actually do it, is by taking you out of automatic, oh, I'm just driving along, by then getting them to 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 be aware of what they're actually... You are, in, as you're doing it, but through experience, but to actually to teach somebody else to do it, you need to be aware first. Yes. So uh, well, that was a, it was a, as I say, playing wise, not a great help, but from a teaching point of view, uh, it was great. And then, after, so finished my degree off. Uh, it also given me time to get involved with, uh, I went back to Newcastle United to work in the academy as a part-time goalkeeping coach. Yeah. I got a job with the FA, uh, England ladies, um, through Ted Copeland, yeah. who I knew from up here. Uh, and then I also set up uh, Simon Smith Goalkeeping, and that was kind of my... So how long ago was that, Simon, when you set that up? Well, that's a good question. About? Uh, about now, uh, 20 years, probably. Okay. Yeah, it would be, yeah. Finished at 30, did the degree, 55 now. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So here's somebody who is having a decent playing career in the in the game, um, and has played at a good level. And as you know, anybody who knows anything about, about non-league football, if we can use that term, knows that, that uh, Gateshead were one of the most famous non-league clubs and, and, and played some great games and, and was at was was a real good level. So there you were playing your trade there and at the same time made a massive commitment to not just play the game but learn what the game was was all about from a coaching point of view and a teaching yes. point of view and you were doing that almost on your own back before you actually got into the formal coaching qualifications really yeah yeah by the sound yeah, of it yeah. writing the book and all that because that's it's almost like you'd go and do your your level one your level two your level three your level four and then you might even consider writing a book whereas you've kind of yeah, done, almost it the other way. done it the other way which, which is which is unusual side yeah and yeah must have been a challenge so that that's i didn't know that that, that that's brilliant so there you are do, doing all this and so not only that you feel passionate enough about it to set up y your own goalkeeping school yes um so tell us a little bit about that well that was the 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 start of that was slightly bizarre because we went to the small business unit in north shields um i can still remember to this day uh, my wife and my went and uh, there was a lady sat behind a desk and I sat down and I said, um, we were obviously looking for help, funding, whatever it was. Yeah. And I said, okay, this is my idea. I'd like to set up Simon Smith Goalkeeping. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do courses for kids. I'm going to do courses for adults. I'm going to hopefully do some, make some DVDs. I've written a book already. Um, this is what I'd like to do. And she said, oh, let me just stop you there. She said, I'm getting exactly the right feel for this. She said, 
But if you'd just like to go and sit over there, I'm going to speak to your wife because it's plainly obvious that you are going to deliver the goalkeeping and your, your business, yeah. but you're not going to run it. You're going to need somebody else to run it. So, which I was a bit taken aback yes. with at the minute because it's that I'm thinking this is me and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I know what I'm doing and it's yeah. my passion and bit it's my dream. Slap in the face. And yeah, it's yeah. like, right, so she's got that. But now actually it was Lucy who yeah. was going to do the logistics of how yeah. I was going to get out there to deliver what I wanted to. And I have to say now, well, even now, looking back, never a true, never a true word because that's how it, it, it kind of it turned out. That Lucy organised the courses, the getting the people there, getting other coaches, and it was really my job to get out there and deliver. And so a great partnership, really. Yeah, that, yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, I have to say she, she was because even though goalkeeping is not really her thing, um, yeah, She's, very, you very. Need a I, I needed, it, yeah. I needed, I did, I needed a business person behind me, which is Lucy, and uh, which gave me the freedom really to go out and deliver yeah, yeah. the bits that I wanted to. Perfect. So. So yeah, so that's so we got Sam Smith up goalkeeping up and running. I think also, uh, Rob. I think I, I hit on a time where that thing of specialist goalkeeping coaching became well. It did because it became the norm. I'd like to think I had a hand in it becoming the norm. Yes, because at the time it was there was a lot of ex goalkeepers doing coaching and going from club to club. So they'd do like Huddersfield on a Wednesday morning. Um, Premier Rovers on a Wednesday afternoon, and there was that kind of jobbing goalkeeping. Coach. You think it was a bit like the culture of oh 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 the keepers oh yeah um, yeah a bit like that. Oh, we better like, get someone yeah, to come it, and see it, them. Yeah, then. we need yeah. to. We now need to. I think it, I think also because it's the, there was a bit of a foreign influence just 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 starting. Yeah, yeah. You know, we there wasn't that many. It was probably two or three in the where well, wasn't even the Premier League there, but in the first division, and I think that also had an, a bit of an effect is because the there were it was more of the norm. Abroad, that they had goal, specialist goalkeeping coaches. Yes. Whereas we had, I mean, I can still think there was Alan Hodgkinson, Mike Kelly, Fred, uh, yeah, then Fred Barber, a bit later on because he's a similar age to myself, so a bit later on. But they were they were kind of Mervyn Day would have been another one. They they were kind of the start of that, right. making the position special and yeah, and then and like you say, instead of just saying. We need the goalies for shooting, but until then, just go over no, there, then, kick it to yourselves. Yeah, yeah. they actually had, then were given, yeah. you know, and people kind of realised that maybe you're you're part of the team, but you have a specialist yes. uh, range of skills that are so, needed to. But that brings us to a great point. Um, then, so, and you know, and anybody who works in football will understand that. Um, yes, there are eleven players who play in the first 11, if I can use the first 11, and then you've got your number who sit on the bench, who, who, who form the squad. But the, there's, as much as you need to keep that unity of those 11, there is that definite division, whether that's technically or, Simon, you might be able to, to, to take this on a little bit more, whether that's psychologically as well, um, specifically, or even physically, in terms of the goalkeepers, so that they are almost a part in one way. So, how do you, how have you managed over the years with your, you know, in your work environments, managing that difference, um, but maintaining being part of the of the of the team or the 
if I can say that. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah, like I said before, be, because they have a, a, a different range of skills or a different skill set would probably be the best way to describe it. So there is that need for a bit of special. Yes. Yes. So to teach those specialists that specialist skill set, you need, in my opinion, a spe- a specialist in that field. Yes. But Rob, I totally agree. What you also need to be able to do is then to integrate them back into the team and yes. make them feel part of the team. What happened in the early days? So we didn't have anybody doing it. Then all of a sudden we had goalkeeping coaches and then goalkeeping coaches kind of had their own little group, like you say. So I know only one can play, but yes. there might be two or three. Yes. So then it became, well, they've now got their own coach and he's quite protective of these goalies. So they can just go and work in keeper's corner. Yes. And we will just call them when they need for shooting yes. or they need it for a game. And so it became a little bit us and them. Yes. And then over the years, it's developed. And I think the way football's developed as a game, where yeah. the goalkeeper has been become more important in terms of distribution, support, and communication. So I've been more part of the team. Yes. I think that's had an effect. So, that, so there's still the specialist goalkeeping yes. area. But now, and if you look at the way goalkeeping qualifications have gone, much more of a, like you say, goalkeeping within the team. An involvement. An involvement with yes. the team, yes. as opposed to, you're just over there doing goalkeeping, and then we'll call you when we need you, yeah. or we need you to play on a Saturday. Yeah. And, but it's been interesting. I, I, that, that sounds so simple, but it's been really interesting because I've come across uh, in, my, in my time one lad who didn't want to join him with the team. So I would appear two, three days a week and take him for goalkeeping. And then I'd say, okay, you need to go with the team now. I know I don't want to wow. because you're here and I just want to work with you. All right. Okay. Well, okay. that's not really the idea. The idea is that you work with me, get what you need from that. But then you need it's to a bit like that. then going and putting it into practice. Yes. Yes. So I can, so my practices are basically me serving to you and I try and make it as realistic as match related at the right tempo, the right pace, but and uh, but you need to then yes, test that absolutely within the team that unit game or scenario, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so that when on a Saturday you know what the centre back's going to do and he knows what you're going to do and you're building that relationship. But but it, but as I say, some people haven't quite taken it like that, and yes. and I think also some managers. Because a lot of outfield coaches, even to this day, will say to me, oh, I, I don't want to deal with the goalkeepers. I don't want anything to do with yeah, them. You, you just deal with that. them. I recognise that. You deal with them. Yeah, yeah. They, and, it's like a yeah, bit weird. A bit, yeah, a bit yeah. weird. And it's like slightly foreign. And, you know, um, yeah. It, I mean, I've just had a, a real funny one in, uh, I've just been to Dubai. And I'm in an indoor facility. I've been watching some kids play. And I'm walking to the car and this... The English guy comes running after me and he said, Simon Smith. And I said, yeah. He said, oh, I can only thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, right. Okay. He said, yes. He said, I've just done my CPD for the, um, for the English FA and I've watched you. Uh, you've, there's some um, little short films that you've done yes, for the FA yes. and I've watched them. And he said, and I've learned more about goalkeeping than I ever knew because I wasn't really interested, but I've now got yes. it. And I thought, one, I, was, I didn't know I was on anybody. I didn't know I was on the FA's website, so that was nice. But two, that, that really, and he, not alone, that kind of summed it up, that you have to 
that because you, they've got 10 other people to worry about, you know, sometimes it's nice having somebody to deal with the 11th. Yes. But it's a two-way process. Yes. So yeah. they need to know something about goalkeeping and you need to know something about outfield play. Yeah, well, I can vouch for something similar to that. Do you remember that time we were sitting there? We're not, we're, I'm not, this is not me and Simon bragging about where we've been in the world, but we were sitting in like some tiny little coastal town in Iceland. Do you remember that? In a coffee shop. And there was the lady behind the counter and there was me and Simon and one of the other staff members. And a guy walked into this Icelandic coffee shop, ignored me and the sports scientists and said, Simon Smith, yeah, um, I'd like to thank you for doing such a fantastic social media about goalkeeping. Do you remember that, Simon? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we just, never forgot that. No. So if you, you think thought, that I'm just talking to somebody um, you thought that you don't that know, we, it was so bizarre. We thought you'd set it up, Si. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. this, the man I'm talking to, listen, uh, if any of you guys are out there under any illusions about um, Simon's, Simon's uh, presence in the world of goalkeeping, don't be under any illusions. He's a very humble man. Um, but, um, you know, that, that humility covers up um, a, a knowledge that... Uh, it goes without saying, and um, we've 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 seen the evidence of that. So, so I mean, I get that, and uh, and I've seen that in action. So, so that's great. So, okay. So we talked about your your journey and 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 how you started to educate yourself and set up your goalkeeping school. We talked about the difference between how you manage a goalkeeping coaching group and how you kind of integrate that and, and how you deal with the, the 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 politics. If I'll use that word of integrating it into the in into the the, the eleven. I know that you've worked with some of the current um, uh, full international goalkeepers that we've got in the England team at the moment. Um, so you've worked with them when they were, you know, a lot younger than they are now. And I know that you work with, um, you know, senior professionals at the top of their game um, with, with your current job in the Premier League. So just for the listeners, just tell, tell me what for you are the the different ways that you manage if you'd got a group of adolescents that you you knew had got all the potential to get to the to the top of the game and you've got somebody who's already in their 20s and maybe 30s has got a contract and, and is an established professional just highlight some differences about your input into those people uh, yeah that, that, the answer that's probably long, longer than we've yeah, yeah. got just just a few just a the, few the, the, the i i love the um the role i had with the fa uh, was looking after any goalkeeper between the age of 16 and 19, or 20, really. Um, and I, like you say, Rob, I, I mean, and I say I, but I, I do class you partly as my assistant. Yeah. Because <laughs> those who know, who know goalkeeping, sometimes you need somebody else to help with your serve. If it's a two-ball sequence and you've only got me and you need somebody else, you need I somebody have to else say, to help, yeah, Rob yeah. was a terrific, I'm not just saying this because he sat next to me, but was a terrific assistant. Uh, and I've still got on my computer, which I was going to mention, because uh, the nice thing with the FA was we, we were kind of maybe a bit pioneering in that, that we used to get the sessions filmed. Yes, we did. So that we, did. we could review them and also the players. And I think we were a little bit ahead of our time. So uh, funny enough, on my computer, I've actually got you and I working with, I think it's Sam Johnson and Connor Ripley. Yeah. Um, and and there's a few others as well. So, and, and I think with the FA, as I say, had a, they, obviously, you got to work with the best, best people who were available at the time. Um, it was an interesting role because uh, there was a bit of it that me as the goalkeeping coach wanted to identify strengths and weaknesses, put them through a program covering all of the basic 
principles of goalkeeping, so footwork, handling, diving, shot stopping, crossing. So I wanted to do a bit of that as well. Yeah. But also we had to remember that they were going to play international football. Yeah. Sometimes for the first time, especially under 16, that Victory Shield age group, they were going to play international football. So trying to take, keep them nice and relaxed, take the fear out of what they were going to do. You know, I, I think um, the Victory Shield at the time was on the television. Yes. So they were moving out of it into, a, into the, the bigger the big, world. Big and stage, yeah. The, yeah, and all that type of stuff. So there was a real um, balancing act between, in the other side of it, physically working them too hard mm-hmm. because they're only 16. You didn't know when they're at their clubs, were they training full-time, part-time. So, there was, you know, sometimes they got more goalkeeping and training in those three, four days than they'd had ever yes. because yes. they were going two nights a week and playing yes. on a Sunday. So, but from my point of view, and and, I, and I'll even use this with the seniors, I've always been of an impression that you can always teach somebody something. Yeah. So whether they are young international goalkeepers or established international goalkeepers that are lucky enough to work with now, um, there's always something that you can help them with. Yeah. Whether that be a... Um, a big part of their game, yeah. i.e. one of the bigger principles, or whether it just be based on what you've seen in the game and you're feeding back to them and think about this, could you do this? I, I still speak to a lot of people, which slightly disappoints me, that say, oh, I'm working with so-and-so, so I, I just keep him fit and I just keep him going and I just keep him... How does that make you feel? A, a bit sad, really. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. as I say, I, 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 yeah. I've always been of the impression that you can yeah, yeah. always teach somebody mm. something. Um, and I don't want to go off the subject, but I, I, what really brought that home, uh, I've been really lucky that I've been able to do, uh, diversify is so maybe not the right word, but I've had the opportunity to do, to do some wicket keeping in cricket. Yeah. Uh, my experience of cricket is absolutely nothing. <laughs> I played on a Friday evening for Percy Main Juniors for, for probably one season yeah. as a wicket keeper. And that is my experience of cricket. And then I've been through a very good friend, Paul Farbrace, who's now the assistant for the England cricket team, who was a, f- a goalie at Gillingham. I've been um, able to coach some of our best wicketkeepers. Yeah. And what's been interesting in that is because I'd, you don't know, I, I'd, I know the techniques of catching and moving yes. your feet. Yeah. So transferring that into a, a, a sport and a position that is different. Yes. But some of the principles transfer they do. has been really good yeah. because you're still, even then, as I say, I'm still trying to teach them yeah. Yeah. something from my sport that they can transfer into their sport Yes, um, and hopefully improve and their performance. obviously worked by the time yeah. of it. Yeah, well, yeah. I, you hope so. And, yeah. you know, I've had, some, I've had some experiences where I've asked them to try to do something and because I didn't understand the bigger picture of the, the, the tactics of the game, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, had, they educated me in that. Yes, yes. But as I say, so what I was asking them to do didn't actually fit in to the, the, whole, the, bigger, the, picture. the bigger picture. Yeah. Because goalkeeping, you're there for 90 minutes. You have to concentrate for 90 minutes. You have to be ready when the shot comes. But in, in the average game, Handling wise, you probably get five, six events. Yes. With your feet, you might get between 10 and 30, yes. depending on how the team plays, yes. how busy you are. Whereas, whereas with wicket keeping, 
you're in you're in every ball when you when you feel every ball yeah every ball and you can stand there up to seven hours yes. a day so the the those tactical if you want or the print the game yeah. makes completely different, really. completely different. Yeah. but what you're still trying to do is transfer some of the skills yes and the and Into more that. technical bits to help him yeah interesting and what i like about the cricket is like the catch is everything yes so it's there's no good you can't say oh well if you could just parry it wide get around the post, get around the post. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 runs against your team yes. so there's bits of their thinking and philosophy that i like and maybe i have tried to take into to yes, mine your own practice into yeah. my practice because you know obviously the more times people can catch the ball the better they get possession they gain confidence you know, don't give away secondary opportunity, all, all that type of stuff that's in football, mm. obviously. So that so that's that was an that's been an interesting one of that, and has shown you that you can, there's always something that you could teach. And I, I was lucky when I first got the job at Newcastle as first team goalkeeping coach at the time with Rude Hullet. We had a bit of a goalkeeping crisis, and we we loaned a, a goalie called Tommy Wright, who had already played for Newcastle, and then he went to Manchester City, yes. and he was kind of second choice for Man City. Played the odd game. Uh, played for Northern Ireland. Yeah. And he came on loan uh, when Ruud Hullet was a manager. And I always remember when he left to go back to Manchester City, and I'm not being thingy, he said, Simon, I wish I'd met you earlier. Because he said, what you actually taught me that I didn't know was, you know, I wish I'd known that earlier on. Mm. And as I say, I'm not being clever, but that, that's been my no, thing but, of trying to uh, teach people and to improve their performance. I mean... So I, I, that that that's that's great. I mean, um, and you guys who are listening to this don't realise this, but we had a um, an hour conversation before we switched the microphones on, and we were talking about some of the eminent um, players who are now household names, if I use that term in the English game, who still regularly will come over or make an effort of communicating with you, Simon, and saying thanks for thanks for all the stuff that you've done over the years. And I think what what we were saying is, as people, is that. And, and I'm sure some of you guys listening to this, some of you ladies listening to this will realise that you don't know what influence you're having on people. You don't know how much somebody's listening, how much they take it on and how much that will influence their their game or their practice. And I think we we don't know that. We're just the giver of the messages. And the example that you've just given and, and what we were talking about here are just um, illustrate that that you've no idea how much you can change somebody's Career or life, even yeah. from, from from no, no. I mean, and that, that's uh, another way, Rob. That's been a the, the knock on effect of that has been uh, not everybody can be a top class player. You know, we know that from the no. you know the fact. But what's been great is that I'd have to say from all of those, and I'm going to say probably thousands of kids that I have worked with. And I think, as again, I said saying to you before, because we're getting to a certain age now, or I'm getting to a certain age. Uh, I would say there's probably a good percentage of those people that I've worked with over the years who haven't made it as goalkeepers. I've gone into coaching. Yes, and I'm now finding that um, I've had some sort of real bizarre, um, not confrontation. That's not the right word. Um, I've had some really nice being in a field in America with England for the um, they were in Nike tournament. Yes. And somebody's standing behind the goal, and I'm looking at this kid and this lad, and I'm thinking, I know his face, but yeah, not, not sure. sure. Yeah. And then I finished the practice, and I've come walking over, and he said, Simon? And I said, yes. He said, uh, you don't remember me, do you? And I said, 
No, I said, uh, oh, he used to coach me at Chesley, Chesley Street. Brilliant. I was at Manchester United and I said, all oh, right. He said, uh, yeah, he said, I'm now the goalkeeping coach at Houston Dynamo's Academy. And it's like, oh, fantastic. So he hasn't made it as a as a professional, yeah, but, but he's, he's made a career kept out going it. and he's, yeah. he's made a career out of it. And have somebody, uh, you were saying before, I've still got an academy out in uh, Vancouver and the lad who runs the academy for me in Vancouver, or, or did, he's, Moved on now to the Vancouver Whitecaps, which is great. I, to, I see that as a promotion, yes. um, which is great for him. But the guy who started it with me out there um, was somebody that I used to coach who's from Seg Hill in Northumberland, who I coached right from the age of prob- probably nine to yeah. 15. Went to play for Doncaster. Uh, wasn't York City, wasn't quite good enough, broke his leg, bloody right, all that, but then kept going. And, yeah. and then they got into goalkeeper coaching. So... You, you like to think that you're saying, Rob, that you've influenced people not only in... But you don't know how. No, you don't. You don't. You don't know how you've influenced people. Yes, yes, it'd be lovely if everybody you work with went on to be Jordan Pickford and Jack, but- Jack Butland as an example. Uh, but, but we know that's not... But, I'm, but not every, that's one in yes. so many thousand. Whereas, as I say, it's been nice that people have, uh, like you were saying yes. before, that you've influenced people. And, and I think sometimes it's funny. Um, sometimes you influence people, and you, you you like to think it's through your coaching. But sometimes uh, you can actually influence people by the way you are as a as a coach. Yes. Uh, and it's funny because we've been really lucky, I think, to be involved with some people who work for the FA, who who had a fantastic ability to create an environment which was. An environment for learning. Conducive. But, an, but also an environment that they, people were very, very comfortable in. Yes. And I think going back to what you were saying before, Rob, I think that's why they remember. Yeah. It's like, I'm not sure, maybe they would remember, the, even some of them probably wouldn't remember the tournament or the games, but they remember the... How they felt. How they felt and the, and the event and what it gave them. And because and, and it's, it's funny, like you, going back to the goalkeeping, like you were saying before, one of my big things at the minute is you've got one who plays, one who doesn't, but sits on the bench every week mm. or yes. sits on the bench and then you've got one who's not involved. So you've got real three different... Yeah, managing that. Managing that. But the key to it is actually creating a learning environment. Now, getting them to buy into that sometimes isn't the, yeah, <laughs> isn't yeah. the isn't easiest easy. thing. Uh, especially if you've got a fourth one who's a young up and coming and who wants to be the first team goalkeeper. Hungry, yeah. So he's hungry. So, but trying to get them to buy into the fact that you are, cre- or not buy into, but you are creating a yes. learning environment yes. which will help them to get to where they want to go. Yes. So I think that's. I think that's. As I say, yeah. sometimes it's. It's. I'm not. I don't know whether it's a knock-on effect or it's just something that hopefully you. I think there's create. Yeah, and I think there's. Uh, I think, you know, in, in, in our formal coach education, even there's enough evidence that suggests that the creation of a learning environment, you can be the best coach, but if you don't create the environment, you will be very limited in your ability to impact people. And I think that goes along with something that I've heard people say. It's not what you say, not what you do, but it's how you make people feel. People always remember how you made them feel. And what I think what you're saying there, Simon, is the fact that, for example, Kenny used to, in, in pre-tournament meetings, used to say, look, it's so important that we make these kids feel warm, welcome, happy, safe, secure. 
if we do that, we've got the right environment then to, to for them to, to develop. And I, I didn't buy into that, Simon, in, in the early days. It used yeah. to irritate me a little bit. I'll be honest, because I used to think, well, look, you know, we're here to do a job. We're here to, to, to do X, Y, and Z. Let's get on with it and do X, Y, Z. Well, it, it took a while for me to learn. And I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, is. no, I have to say, well, probably me too, because I was very much like, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's get on the grass. Let's get on the grass. This is what yeah. we've come to yeah. do, and this yeah. is what we want. And because you like to win, and that's that nearly became a, mm-hmm. a bad thing to say. But, you know, you like you say, you, if you go into a tournament, you want to win it. That To me, that was like the... <laughs> the ultimate thing never mind you know making people happy and it's like oh really but as i've gone on and and and, and if i'm being honest and maybe seen a bit of winning is that when you look back at how you've won it's like ah right okay and, I, and i'll go that to you know i was lucky enough to be in the under 17s when we won the european championships in malta mm. fantastic and then look back over that and in that group, there was there is some fantastic players who are still going on. Yes. They just won the uh, the tournament in France for the under twenty ones at uh, t- Toulon. Yes, so that group's nearly kind yes. of stayed together, which is fantastic. But when you look at it, it was it, there was an environment about yes. it. Um, and then obviously with my job now at Newcastle United in the Championship, expected we were talking about before under pressure, expected to win it. Got to get back in the Premiership at first time of asking everything's geared up to yes. and then all of a sudden you have to deliver and looking back on it now there was also within that that the, we, there was an environment created right that that was not putting people under pressure but knowing what your goal was and i have to well I, i'm saying that the, the manager was excellent at, at creating that taking the pressure away yes while still keeping the overall this is this is the aim. This is what we're trying Making to do. Bones about it. Yeah, so yeah. we know we know what we're trying to do without actually putting people Perfect. under pressure yeah. and creating that kind of environment. And you know, and, and that's like, a real skill side. Like I was saying, also winning games helps because then you believe in yes. what you're saying. And so, yeah, that, that's been quite interesting. So that, 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 these are great points. So this 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 environment. These these are great great points. So so. Let, let me just take you on. So we've talked a little bit about the England stuff and we could talk about that all day as a, as a loan. And I want to take this opportunity to to get as much from you as, as we can to share. So I know if I'm correct that you've um, had two stints as Newcastle United's first team goalkeeping coach. And so what I'd like you to do is I know that you're a, you're a Geordie and I know that that's, you know, you've got black and white blood. So I, I recognise that. And anybody who's, who knows you recognises that. And um I know that Newcastle United means a lot to you. I know that you um, were an extremely close friend of Sir Bobby, um, Sir Bobby Robson, and I know how fondly you spoke about him. And so I'd, I'd like you to perhaps be able to share with um, people who are listening to this a little bit of what I've been lucky enough to, to, to glean from you when we just had informal chats and coffees and things about what it was like perhaps uh, or what it's perhaps like to work at a club like Newcastle United at, at the top of your game. You know, you've been in the Champions League and you've, you've played the Barcelonas and you've worked with people like Sir Bobby and, 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 and you know, all their eminent coaches and, and now Rafa Benitez. You know, you're not going to get any any higher than that, Simon. So, you know, um, just perhaps give the listeners a little bit of a um, an insight into your role and, and what it's like working with Sir Bobby and perhaps a little bit of a comparison, yeah, yeah. if that's appropriate, yeah, yeah. with Rafa. Um, well, going back, going back to the story, did did all the 
Simon Smith goalkeeping, part bit of part FA, bit of academy at Newcastle United. I worked for Sunderland's academy with yeah. Sam Allardyce. Funnily enough, he was the academy director yeah. at the time, which is quite bizarre. Uh, went played worked for Carlisle United, and then in 1999, um, John Carver, who I'd played for Gateshead with, well, been an apprentice with, played for Gateshead with. He was academy director or centre of excellence director at the time. He said, "Look, um, the goalkeeping coach of the first team is." leaving he's going to Celtic they need somebody to cover for pre-season would you come and do it he'd he'd stepped up to then being first team coach uh, with the yes. seniors so I, I've got to be honest with you, I really didn't give much thought about it it was just like another opportunity to okay. do goalkeeping yeah, yeah. and that, that was kind of how I saw it so I went it went along I did, did it um, yeah really enjoyed it enjoyed working with the, the lads at the time Um Working with Rude Huller, absolute, you know, one of the best, if not the best player in the world in his day. Yes. Great. Uh, the club was in a bit of political turmoil because he had left players out, senior players out. And so there was a, it was an odd atmosphere, if, if I can put it that way. And then, so pre-season got over. I went off scouting for the first time. He, he sent me scouting to look because he didn't really rate any of the goalkeepers that were at the club at the time. Yeah. We had people over on trial. Um, as I say, he sent me to look at a goalkeeper over in Belgium. Right. And then said, come on, Simon, you need to make that decision. So I've just come into it as from being the, yeah. doing the academy and yeah. now he's asking me to make, to make a decision. Yeah. And well, what do you think? Should we buy him or not? So the partic- I'm not going to name the name, but the particular lad I saw, I quite liked. I said, yeah, I think he would mm. you know, he'd be okay. Uh, I flew back home. Lucy came to pick me up from the airport, driving home past the news agents. And on the billboard outside, it said, Newcastle spend a million pounds on new keeper. <laughs> it's on a <laughs> and, billboard, and it's yeah. On, and it's like, how much? And little, I didn't know how much it was, but I've just yeah. spent a million pounds... So from what I'm trying to say, Rob, yeah, from yeah. a learning experience, yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, I mean really, I, I can't thank him because he actually kind of threw me into yes. it head first and yeah. I didn't have time to think. And yeah. so, and then everybody know, well, not everybody, but obviously the, the history of it is he then plays Sunderland, he left Alan she- leaves Alan Shearer out, that political thing. We got beat at home at St. James's. Uh, he got sacked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then... So I say, oh, I've just got, like you said before, Rob, just got the job back at the club that I was at as a yeah. kid. Um, just, yeah, the, the the dream job. If you people yeah, yeah. say the dream yeah, job, yeah, really. Yeah. And then he gets sacked and it's like, oh, right, so am I just going to go back to the, the academy? Uh, who's the new manager going to be? And then all of a sudden they said, oh, <laughs> you would like to announce the new manager, so Bobby Robson. And it's like, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, Seen him, seen him on yeah, the telly. TV, yeah. Um, I've then got involved in doing my coaching awards. So he's all over the FA's coaching awards and everything. And so timing was right. Yeah. Well, time was right, but it's like all of a sudden this legend appears, yeah. and it's like, is he really going to want Simon Smith, the kid who played for Newcastle reserves and got experience, but not his experience? Yes. And uh, he's had a goalkeeping coach at the FA called Mike Kelly, who. Um, he's had at the World Cup and he's had in coach education and I'm thinking well I know what's going to happen here he's going to bring Mike Kelly so so I've kind of have resigned myself to going back to the academy which was fine but um, the first days kind of there we've bumped in and I not bumped in literally but 
our paths have crossed yes. in the um, the foyer with trained yeah. at Chesley Street where the cricket is now. And he said, oh, Simon, can I have a... Well, I'm not even sure he remembered me, knew my name at that time. And he said, oh, can I have a word? So he took me into this little medical room in the foyer. It wasn't even his office. And he said, uh, I don't know you and you don't know me, but let's give it a go. See how we get on and we'll just go from there. Wow. And, and that, that was the start. That it. was it. Yeah. And I was there for another. I was there for another four years, and not once did he say to me, "Oh, do you remember that chat that we had?" No, no, or, he never mentioned, uh, it, never no. mentioned it. And it was like, okay. Uh, so just remember where yeah. you are. But for anybody who's listening, who thinks, do you know what? You know, we've all been at an arena where we're looking for opportunities, and you know, we think maybe I'll get a break. Do you think that sometimes you don't know when those opportunities are going to come? Si? Is oh, that definitely. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean that that thing, Rob, especially in our profession or is of looking opportunity which you can't gauge or like you say you don't know what's going to happen could come from anywhere could at come any from time. anywhere at any time i think what 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 i've now realized is that you need to be ready yes so going back to what be i'm ready. saying i was saying i don't want to preempt the, the story but with rafa rafa has the thing of simon you coach the goalkeepers get them to the best level that you can make them as good as you can and i'll pick who plays yeah so they've got to be ready. So yeah, they've got to be ready. And I know they've got to be ready because yeah. he could say to yes. me anytime, yeah. oh, I'm not playing him, I'm going to play yeah. him. Yeah. And I have to be confident. Yes. I can go, You've done the job. Then. Yeah. So the so that thing of, yeah. Okay. So they D- say, so Bobby's never so, said to you in four so, years. No, 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 no. So yeah. Um, yeah. And then the whole thing just, uh, well, if we then didn't sign, didn't sign a new goalie, Shea Given, Steve Harper, uh, were the goalkeepers. Um just got on with it. Never, as I say, just got on with it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Trying to teach them, trying to teach them to dive bet properly. So you're better. trying to teach. You so are actually I'm, coaching. I've done the same as I've said with eight. the FA. I've looked at their strengths and weaknesses and then thought, right, I'll put a program together with the experience that I've got, the books that wow. I've seen. Uh, I should say at this point, I'd also had a great experience working with um, Newcastle had... Um, Shea Given came, Shaka Hislop was there, and they had another goalkeeper called Pavel Cernicek, who unfortunately passed away uh, two years ago. And um, he didn't want to, he had a dispute with the club, and the club said to me, I know you do the cup, but would you take him on his own for training? It was, a, it was an unbelievable, I'm saying now, it was an unbelievable experience because he came on the first day, I'll never forget it, with his book of goalkeeping practices from yeah. the Czech Republic. Wow. Yeah. And said, look, Simon, I've written this and other people have written all these down for me. This is what we do in the Czech Republic. This is, and which was, uh, there was a definite difference between what was done in England yes. at the time and what was done abroad. Yes. So from a an education point of view, the actual experience of that was massive. And also it then, so I could then pass that on because I say it was different. So I'm now faced with goalkeepers who had done the classic, if you want, uh, British upbringing. <laughs> and then I, I could also bring something which was different and a bit new yes. to the party, hopefully. What, because of what you'd learned? Because of what I'd learned yeah, from, from Pavel yeah. and probably watching some other people. So, um, so yeah, and it just uh, they, both of them, bought into what I had done. We needed a third choice. So I got a lad called Tony Cake who I'd had at Carlisle because I knew him. Going back, and you'd be good for the yeah. group. So that environment yeah. thing again. Would love to be at Newcastle United, but would want to play. Could play if needed, but he wouldn't be causing trouble. Yes. And I yes. want to play and yeah. shit, you know. So as a group of three, fantastic. 
Shea obviously went on to um, well, play most of the time because he just took off. He was at the right age, at the right time, international goalie. Um, so Bobby really, at that point, just, I, I can't think that he... He was he was a strict he was a strict um, taskmaster. Um, I think what 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 why I got on with him so well was um, looking back is it, it, he 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 had the same. That's because it sounds a bit odd, but his passion and enthusiasm yes. for it yes. matched up with mine. Yeah, but mine for goalkeeping. Yes, but I and it, and that probably Rob didn't actually dawn on me at the time. Um. And he could be hard on you, and especially at the start when if one of them made a mistake in the game, I would get the blame. Yeah, you know, and it would say the to me, "Simon, you need on the, on the dugout. I'd get that, yeah, I'd yeah, get that yeah. like the proper stare on of, the dugout, yeah, and down the dugout, and yeah. he'd say, "Simon, what are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. And and it got to a point where I actually said to him one day, "Look, if you're gonna," and it took a lot. This took a lot of bottle to, to say it. to say these words to him. You know, look, so Bobby, if you're gonna have a go at me, I might as well play myself. And he just looked at me and went, Simon, there's no way that you're ever going to play. Which, yeah, that's fine. Put that to bed. At least I've said me being yes, now. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Great. And, uh, so, yes, and it, it, but he was, yeah, he, he wanted perfection, really. Yes. And um, he, like I was saying to you before, he, for me, he had that ability. He was a man-manager, fantastic man-manager, but also a fantastic coach. He's both. So he was both which sometimes you don't get well. I've, I've now learned through experience that that is quite few and far so between. Again, this is something we have touched on. Isn't yeah. It? So um, it's, and that's that I think if, when people say, well, what made him special for me as a football person, that, that's what made him, that was what made him special. Manager and coach. Manager and coach for, for definite. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously then we went through, we had the Champions League experience, uh, which was quite unbelievable. Really. You know, it's like, <laughs> Simon, so let me just start. So, do you think? So, there you are, Gateshead, and and yeah. and, and technically goalkeeping school, and doing your college thing that you didn't even finish. Yeah. And then, did you ever, in your wildest dreams, ever believe you'd be doing in those positions? No. Uh, so, not. what's the message to people listening to this who who, yeah. who, who, who was playing their trade? Uh, well, you, you, it's it's, a, it's, it's an what, interesting one, Rob, because it was funny. Somebody somebody asked me the other day for careers advice. Did they? Yeah. And I, and, I, and I get that because people from looking outside ah, must yeah. think, oh, hey, this is good. And he's gone and done this and he's gone nah, and done the green and he's built it. But really, like you said before, there's that the, the, the massive thing of looking opportunity. Then being able to deliver, once you got the looking opportunity, being able to deliver at, at that level. At the time. At that time yeah. and at that level. And then, like you say, getting in the Champions League and it's Simon Smith who played Gates here, the Newcastle Reserves. Now coaching in the Champions League, and that thing of European, and there's there's two things that stand out about that. I, I've always been a, as well as being um, a, 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 what's the word, um, a student of the game. And I don't really like that term, but somebody who's really yeah. looked into it. I was, I'm also a bit of an anorak, so collecting in my younger days a lot. Well, I still do it now. Collecting pictures of goalkeepers, goalkeeping gloves, all the everything that goes with goalkeeping. And I know this sound because I've had you in a dining room. I've had Simon in a dining room making me stand up in the middle of a dining room alleyway and explain to him scientifically or theoretically what I think is the contributing factor towards how a goalkeeper moves. Yeah, so I know what he's like. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. so yeah, so 
uh, and then when we get in the Champions League, all of a sudden you're on the pitch and uh, warming up and I'm in the opposition's half and they're kicking the ball up to me and great and I'm catching it. And then the ball comes to me, I've caught it and I've looked at a bloke in the team's tracksuit that we're playing and it was uh, the, the German goalie, Tony Schumacher, right. who had played in the yeah. World Cup and had an incident with the French defender where he yeah, pole yeah. him. But somebody who you'd thought it was a, wow. you know, I've got his autobiography yeah. and all that. And all of a sudden, he's their goalkeeper coach. And it's like, I'm Newcastle's and he's there. So you're like, with him. Oh, oh. So, and, and he's gone, oh, <laughs> and he's Sam? gone, oh, hello. Not Simon, but yeah, yeah. oh, hello, and hello. And I'm like, oh, hello. And then in one of the other games, uh, Inter Milan had a striker called Christian Vieri, who was top, yeah, top yeah, striker. Yeah. I've, again, I'm in their half. I've run to catch up on. I've run into him by mistake. And he's looked at me and I've thought to myself, Oh my goodness, that's Christian Vieri. Yeah. So there was bits of that which kind of brought you back to normality, if that's the right word. It's just but your you, humanity. But now. you realise that also that the, the level that you were working. Yeah, yeah. And I think what was like you say, Robert. I, I never, I never. If somebody said what team do you support, I would. I I never really thought I was a Newcastle fan. And it's weird because as it's gone on, like yourself, because you don't sometimes listen to yourself speaking. Other people have said to me, you know, like you've just said before, you, you're black and white through and through. I'm thinking, no, I'm not. But, but That's how you always come across yeah, that. When, it, when, it, when, it, when you th- think about it now, it's like, yeah, I mean, I am. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I, and, and the, your colleagues from the FA would say, because we'd say, you know, you, you love Newcastle, you know. Everybody knows that you speak to Lucy every night at six o'clock on the phone. Do you know what I'm saying? Everybody else is thinking I've got a phone home, but Sam will be speaking to Lucy now for an hour and a half because, like, yeah. And um, and we know about Ben. You're a great family man and a great dad because we, you know, you tell us about your kids with passion. And Sam, there are three strands in your life, mate, that that make you the man you are. And make no bones about it, you know. You're yeah. a great dad. You're yeah. a big Newcastle fan, and you know yeah, you, exactly. you know who your wife is. Yeah, so no yeah. no bones about no. it, mate. But uh, so yeah, it's it's. I think the 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 it, one way uh, the sad bit, but the nice bit with Sir Bobby, um, as I say, the experience of working with him was was hard work, but fantastic. Unfortunately, when he left the club in 2004, um, I mean, just quickly, my story with that was he left in 2004. We then got Graham Souness. Uh, I lasted about a month. Realised that Graham Souness possibly wasn't Sir Bobby Robson. Yes. If I can just say yes. it like that. Uh, so I resigned. Uh, as Sir Bobby said at the time, you're either brave or foolish. Um, still, that's yeah, a, that, that, sure. there's still yeah, a debate yeah, going debate. on yeah. um, there. But yeah, in another way, Robbie could say, well, luckily, luckily you've got back. So, yeah. you know, great. But anyway, as I say, that was a thing. But the other side of that was, uh, I think I think looking back now, I, I resigned. The club dealt with that fantastically well. Graeme Sooners dealt with it fantastically well. He got Roy Tunks, who we'd had at Blackburn, came to do the job, which was great. I knew Roy in any way. So that was good. I knew the lads. I'd left the lads in good hands, if you that, want, yeah. and all the rest of it. Um. But the fact that then I rang Sir Bobby when I'd resigned kind of showed maybe the relationship that I had with him. Yes. Um, and then after that, um, well, I, I don't like this, but right till the till his till he passed away, I, I got quite I got to know him really well, and I got to and and both I have to say both Lucy and I got to know him really well, and and Lady Elsie in the end, 
Um, and it was fantastic for me because I could ask him all of the questions that you could never ask when you were in a manager-coach yes. relationship. Yes. yes. So yes. that manager-coach relationship isn't one of being friendly and um, like for the first two years, I didn't even know we had any children until one night we were in London and his kids appeared. Because yeah. we'd never, and that wasn't because he, he, he wasn't proud of them. We'd just we never really them. spoken about yeah. them. I, I'm sure he knew I was married, but uh, I'm not sure he knew how many children I had or whatever at that time. And as I say, when he left, it was great because I could say to him, do you remember? <laughs> well, you know, he threatened to sack, he threatened to sack the fitness coach one day uh, because we wanted a day off at Christmas. And I could ask him, did you, did you really mean that? Yeah. And then, even then he never really answered. But yeah. it was great because yes. he could say to him, you know, when we played so-and-so and you said this. Um, what did I, you really mean? Did or, you re- yeah. really mean that? And I'd had, an, I'd had an incident in a European game where he'd given me the team sheet to, <laughs> to hold. And um, somebody from ITV said, oh, I've gone outside. And somebody said from ITV, is that your team? So I've shown him the piece of paper, just thinking nothing He's, of it. Yeah. And the next thing, I've gone back in the changing room and on the television in the changing room, our teams come up. And it wasn't just the names. We were going to play in a, in a, formation. In a, in a formation where we were lopsided. And he went, look at that. How on earth have they found out that, they, that yeah. that's how we're going to play? That's a disgrace. They must have been watching us training. And I was stood Thinking, there. Oh, my oh days. Oh, my goodness gracious. And I couldn't tell him yeah. because I know the way he was. But, but later on, I... I I actually admitted to him one day. Yeah. That Did he remember? I, he he was very good about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever he, whether he remembered or not, he was... The emotion had gone. Yes, yeah, so like yeah. the, the thing had gone. But I, and I said, look, whether this is for me or whether it's for you, but I'm just admitting to it was my fault. Um, but he was also very helpful to both Lucy and I. I mean, he, he, tr- he tried to get me... Um, he, he, he actually, and which was another sign of the way the man was... He, he actually felt guilty that I'd given up my job because right. of him, yeah, which was really unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. and um, he tried. He, tr- he really tried. He tried uh, to get me another job. And I remember we went, uh, Lucy and I went out for lunch with him and his secretary at, to the Copthorne, and um, sitting at the table. And he said, "So how's it going?" I said, "Oh, I'm you know I'm looking. I'm speaking to some other people, trying to find a job, and not quite sure what I'm going to do." And he said, uh, "Manchester United are looking for a goalkeeping coach, aren't they?" So I said, yeah, they are. I said, obviously, Tony's uh, wrapped in and retired. So I'll, I'll ring Sir Alex. So at the table, as I'm sat there, he rang Sir, Sir Alex, Alex Ferguson Brilliant. and said, I'm at the Copthorne. I'm sitting next to Simon Smith. He was my goalkeeping coach. He was very good. Do you want him? Wow. And it's like, all oh, right, okay. And I can hear Sir Alex's voice on the other end of the, <laughs> the, end of the phone, yeah. obviously bit, taken a bit by surprise. And but to be fair to him, he said, "Look, send your CV in." Bloody, bloody, blah. Um, it yeah. didn't obviously it didn't happen in the end, and whatever. Yeah. But it, that Brilliant. was the way he was. Yeah, he, yeah. He was trying to help people, and I say he, he felt a little bit guilty that other people yes. had suffered yeah, because, because of, his of what had happened to him, which wasn't his fault Not at many. all. Um, but that's that was just the way he was, and the measure of the man. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I mean, even to this day, uh, I, well. Obviously, things have gone on, and his charity has gone from not strength to strength. But um, I mean, just on that, Lucy, <laughs> Lucy said to him when he first said, "Oh, I'm going to do this," but Sir Bobby Robson Foundation. She said um, one night, she said to him, uh, I'll, "I'll have a do for you to yeah. get it up and running." And and she said, "And I'll meet you 
I always remember, she's, I'll make you £3,000. It will do like a cheese and wine and yeah. all the rest of it. And I'm, I've looked at it and £3,000. Yeah. You know, I think this you, is Lucy. You've got a bit carried away. You've got a bit carried away here. And anyway, that turned out into that turned into a, a there's a there's a cafe on the beach in Tynemouth which he liked to come to called Crusoe's, and we spoke to the people and said, look, we're going to do this for the Sir Bobby Robson Foundation. It's just starting up. This is what he's going to wants to give it to yeah. improve cancer care. And they said, yes, we'll do it. Every everybody that she went to to ask for a prize or a raffle prize or a gift, nobody even questioned. No. Just no. what, what do you want? How much? We got make, a cruise, yeah. and you might see it later on, Rob, yeah. when the ship goes down the Tyne, yeah. we got them, they gave us a free cruise from Castle to uh, Amsterdam wow. and back, people without even Impressive. thinking about it. And it was like, and that was the, the power of the man. Yeah. And he came on the night, and it was fantastic. And we had the press, well, what we weren't expecting, but the press came, which was a bit of a funny one. And it got coverage and different things. And anyway, Long story, she made she, she made eight thousand pounds, yeah. which was fantastic, yeah. and it got them off to a great start. And now I see that it's made over two million, and I feel proud yeah. that we had Absolutely. a hand in the start. And, Absolutely, and yeah. you know, and he 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 always knew that as well. So, but I mean, I have to say, probably not a day goes by, and one of the main reasons is that his his pitch is still up in the um, the foyer at the training ground. So probably. Uh, and then there's those, there's other little things with him that um, I was actually away with England in the 19s when we found out that he yeah, died. And uh, Brian Eastick uh, took yeah. me in the car park and told me, so, oh, so Bobby's passed away. And it's like, well, what do you do? Do you go home? Do you stay? And I knew in my heart of hearts that he would not want me to come no. back because it was England and he was so proud of England and yeah. so proud that I'd got a job for the FA by then. Was it, yeah. So... I knew that yeah, staying there, he wouldn't want me yeah, to, yeah. you know, and why, why would you go home, you know? So, um, and, then, and then the other side of that was, so he's told me, I got a bit upset. I was in tears. I got in the lift and in the lift was a lad called Kieran Trippier. Yeah, yeah. Who at the time I think was at Burnley. And, uh, not done bad for himself. So I'm, I'm like, obviously not yeah. looking so clever. Yeah. Kieran said, oh, what's wrong? But was unbelievably mature to yeah. somebody and what was really nice I was saying to you before Rob we, we, we played Tottenham he's now at Tottenham we've been obviously placed for England and he, he actually come off early because he, he got a knock and was standing, standing in the tunnel I've walked past and has cuddled me <laughs> which and then we're, we're going back what seven yeah. six or seven years at least at least and it's like he's it, and th- those those little special yeah. moments are kind of I'm not saying they're what make it, but they are little special moments. Yeah. So as I say, I mean, you know, and never never forget never forget the experience. Um, what he did to help Lucy and I, you can never ever forget. Um, he spent his uh, just a odd little story. Uh, it, he was seventy, and Lucy said, oh, "I wonder what he's doing for his birthday." So I rang him up. Said, "So Bobby, what are you doing for your seventieth birthday?" He said, "Oh, nothing." Um, Elsie and I are going out the night before, but on the night, nothing. And we asked him for dinner, yeah. and and thinking he would go, "Oh no, I'm going out somewhere." And he said, "Oh, I'd love to." Yeah. So he actually spent his seventieth birthday. Right. And what was great about that night was not for the first time, but for the one of the few times he really let his guard down about yeah. him and Elsie, right, and about how they met. 
and how he co- courted her and did he he told a real yeah, story which yeah. and he was a great storyteller yeah, yeah. and he told a story about how he first kissed her under a lamp with Whoa, snow coming down great. but there was a bit of it it's like looking at him saying like really really boss yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and he still used to call him boss, boss yeah, could yeah. never get out, out of that you know like caught him so bobby and uh so there was as i say i mean that was that was, it Brilliant. was very special, okay. very special. And I know how fondly, Sam, uh, yeah. no doubt that you fond, you know, it was very, very fondly used to speak about him, um, about him. So that, 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 that's great. And um, some stuff I haven't heard, so that's brilliant. Um, so, okay. So we talked about the FA, we've talked about the first time at Newcastle and just, just to, just to kind of um, complete the kind of loop really, if you, I know how fondly you, um, you, you, you know, and I know you don't recognize that maybe yourself, but you talk about Newcastle and stuff like that. And it came across that you had an affinity for the place, you know, so you're back there now as their the goalkeeping coach, yeah. yeah with the, um, currently with Rafa Benitez, yes. And so, what well, you know, f- because it's a bit of a coaching, although the stories are great, because it's a coaching focus or, or, a, or a, a management focus, what, let, let's just perhaps help to, to elucidate a little bit on, 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 on how Rafa runs his, runs his ship or, or stuff, just to, uh, a few key points on yeah, that. Yeah, great. D- yeah different. Um, so... So Bobby goes, I resign, uh, then got a job with the FA. And, and to be honest, Rob, I said to, I always remember saying to Lucy, I'm going to do this for two years, and then I think I'll be able to go back to Newcastle. I, I had that, that, that was really? in, and I was saying before about not having a plan, but, but I think looking back now in my head, I thought that was what yeah. was going to happen. Seven <laughs> years yeah. later with the FA, still not quite happening. Um, then, um, yeah, I need to get this in order. Before going to the FA, um, just to finish off as well with Sir Bobby. Sir Bobby, in his early management career, had gone to Vancouver. I'm not sure they were called Vancouver White Cup. Right. They were called Vancouver Royals yeah. at the time. And he told me about this, and he said, I went when I was 40, and I was a young manager, and very, very, very we, we had friends in Vancouver. And it's funny how kind of, when somebody mentions something, even if it's in a different um, area or realm of your yeah. life, so, so he's mentioned this, and, blah, blah, and then I got the I got the opportunity through the the British government to go and do some research. So there was a research uh, grant available, and what it was, Robert, you had to what they would like you to do um, was go to a foreign country, yeah. find two experts in a field. Yes, I don't mean sorry, yeah. in in their field. I yeah. mean a field yeah. um, who were experts in their field. Go and work with them for a year, bring your expertise, take theirs, and then come back and, and basically use it in your either your chosen yes. subject or um, pass it to other people either by doing books, videos, DVD, whatever. So I went to I had two friend two friends who worked in, in Toronto in Canada and um, who were experts in the field of biomechanics or are experts in the field of biomechanics. Mm. So I, I got a grant for a year. Lucy and I went. We took our daughter Daisy. We left our two boys at home because the eldest one was at Leeds United at the time. Um, and I researched the biomechanics yeah, of goalkeeping. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, re- really, Rob, going back to our conversation of probably 45 minutes ago, of that kind of thing of still looking for that next, for me as a coach and as a person, looking for that next bit of expertise, yes. that next yes. bit of knowledge. You know, they, they often say it's like, what, so, you know, what gives that player the extra yes. 1%? I think possibly at that point, I was like looking for that as the coach. 
So what what would give me that extra? Yes. Whether yes. that either being coaching players or 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 coaching coaches, yeah. what could make yes. me be better than better I was? That, yeah. So I went and did that for a year, um, which was a great. Well, we didn't live in Toronto. We went to Vancouver. Lived in Vancouver because we also had some friends who lived there. Um, great, fantastic place, fantastic experience. I used to fly from. Vancouver to Toronto, which was quite a long way, but to see these two experts who were absolutely top talked about their field, my field, mm. how it fit together, all them things. Looking back now, that I've actually taken on, yeah, like I was talking about the yeah. cricket, so I've yeah. taken that and yeah. done it in another. And then, um, then the funniest thing happened so Bobby uh, had a player called Frank Yallop who played for him at Ipswich, who was then the national coach of Canada. Uh, so Frank, he rang Frank and said, Simon's over, you know, why right. didn't you give him a job? Yeah. So I then became the national goalkeeping coach of Canada wow. for, a, for just a short period of time because Frank left uh-huh. to go to the LA Galaxy. Uh-huh. Uh, this is, was about two years before David Beckham came. So And Frank lived in Vancouver as well. Yeah. So Frank and I, so I, le- I left as well. So I used to go with Frank to the LA Galaxy on a Monday morning. A fantastic experience. Different style of football, different sunshine every day, Los Angeles, yeah. MLS. Yeah. Different players. Their goalkeeper at the time was a lad called Kevin Hartman, uh, who was an absolute legend in goalkeeping in America. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm faced with Kevin, who's like a superstar. Yeah. And it's like, again, Rob, like I'm saying, so what can he... And there's a what bit of that in America. Him? There's like that. I'm thinking, what can I teach him? But he's looking at me thinking, mm-hmm. what can he teach me? Which was the first time I kind of come out like, what yeah. are you going to give to me? Yeah, yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, fairly confident in my own ability yes, as well at that point. point. Yeah. So, struck up a, a really good working relationship with him. I have to say, I'm still in contact with him to this day. He's retired now. He's gone into coaching himself, yeah. which is fantastic. Uh, great experience. But they couldn't. They would ask me to stay, but could they? They had a wage structure in the MLS at the time, and it just wouldn't have meant Lucy and I being able to live in Los Angeles, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. So we decided to come back home, and that's when I got went to the FA. So yeah. sorry. No, so no, so great. yeah. So went to the FA. As I say, thought I'd stay for two years. There for seven. Ended up staying for seven, and then uh, within that, I've got to be honest that. In the last year of working for the FA, uh, there were going to be changes at the FA, as we both know. Um, new guy came in, had his own ideas. Didn't always fit with us, yeah? No, but, you know, well, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. And he's made his own way. And I kind of, looking back now, I didn't um, force my way, but I started going into Newcastle to help a young goalkeeping coach and actually looking back now, probably the senior goalkeeping coach as well of trying to help him in a, in a coach education manner. And it's funny how we kind of, um, go on, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a saying of you put yourself into a position where you're not kind of forced, but you just, you can't do without you almost. Yeah. Or edging to going back if you want. Yeah. And then obviously, it happens. Um, the goalkeeping coach leaves. He goes to work for somebody You're else. The obvious. And there's a space, and it's like, well, Simon's here, and that seems silly. And yeah. Steve McLaren becomes a manager. Yeah. It's a top opportunity to go back. Is there a? Yeah, there's a phone call. Would you like to do the job? Paul Simpson's the assistant who tried to get me to do the job at Carlisle. 
So that's great. All worked. So it all of a sudden fits back together. You've like you're saying before, Rob, you've gone back to the club. You've been there before, sport as a kid. The question was, should you go back? I mean, you know, like people said, yeah, well, we it's not going to be the same. Should you go back? You know, what's your expectations? What are theirs? But anyway, you know, I think, like you say, it was, it was a bit of a, a non-decision, no-brainer. And then, so Steve McLaren, manager, lovely bloke, very good coach. Paul Simpson, terrific as a man-manager. Doesn't do any coaching because Steve won't let him. Um, yeah, uh, did okay, but obviously looking to not doing so well just after Christmas I think it's March time the club decided to make a change, change yeah. Steve McLaren goes who's going to be there and you have those all, I mean the, 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 if somebody said to me what do you not like about professional football it's those and I, I mean it's probably the same in any uh, profession but those times of change yeah. but times of change when you don't know you're in the hands yeah. of the gods because you don't know what's happening and yeah. you and you and you don't and that insecurity that you feel yeah, yeah. is absolutely awful. When so when when Rude left and so Bobby then ended up getting sorry when so Bobby left and Graham Sooners came. The we were told in the meantime that it was going to be Terry Venables. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was, but he needed a hip operation, and the club couldn't wait yes. for him to have that operation. And it's funny. I often think about that. It's like, oh, if Terry Venables had come, what if? Yeah, the what if question. So as I say, those periods. So Steve McLaren goes, loads of you know, and there's, you, you go on Sky Sports, even even though you're in, you're, it, you're in it, and you're sitting there in the office, and you're on Sky Sports looking who your next manager is going to be. <laughs> yeah, and they've got like so and so, and it's bizarre. It is it's bizarre because you're in it, but you're still watching yeah. the television, and they're like, you know, that there's a bloke stood at the gate of the training ground reporting, but you are actually inside the building he stood watching. in front of. Yeah, watching <laughs> it's it is, and it's a, a part of it is horrible. I have to say, but anyway, then Ra- then then, Ra- then Rafa Benitez appears, and it's like, ah, I think I've been here before. Yeah, yeah. It's the same kind of thing, you know. Absolute m- management legend, really. Yes. yes. Um, Spanish. Then I'm back in uh, from my own post- personal point of view. He's always had a Spanish goalkeeping yeah. coach. He's had insecurity. The, yeah, the, the goalkeeping yeah. coach he took to Liverpool, and then he's had another goalkeeping coach who's now the goalkeeping coach of Spain. And it's like it's Simon Smith. And yeah, okay, I've been here before with Sir Bobby, but does he know that? Who's he spoken to to find out? Yeah. Has he spoken? Yeah. Does he want me? He going through all, all, them, yeah. all them questions, and then obviously, and and football being football, people sometimes take it for granted that you know something that you don't. So yeah. I then bump into the, as Rafa's arriving with the chief executive, it's like, yeah, Simon, this is Simon, the goalkeeping coach. And it's like, oh, does that mean that I'm staying then? Yeah, yeah. You know, because people just take, took it for granted that you'd know you were yeah. staying, but you've had Don't. all them insecurities yeah, that, yeah. no, I'm not. So, so you obviously did. So I did. And then, yeah, um, Rafa comes, um, Different way of working, right? Uh, very structured, yeah. Very organised. Um, from my own point, personal point of view, a little—I I was going to say—took me out of my comfort zone. He, he he asked me to to think about things and and report things in a in a maybe a different way than I had been. Than you were used to. Than I was used to, and then I had been. 
You know, I used to say I when I had the job at Carlisle, it's two hours away. So I, I spent the two hours driving there organizing my session. Yeah. I spent the two hours back reviewing my yeah. session, which yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. Really. Rafa basically wanted me to write it all down. Right. So but I and I always wrote my sessions yeah, I've down. I've always seen you yeah. So I've got like, my Northern Crosses and all the rest really? of my stick men. So I was happy with that. But then after he wanted me to write uh, on a computer program that his assistant organized for me and everything on goalkeeping. So at the end of the session, I write down what I've done, how long I've done it for. Yeah. And then it, at the end of the month, it gives me a graph of how much they've been with the, fit, yeah. in the, with the team, yeah. how much of a specific yeah. goalkeeping, yeah. within specific goalkeeping, how much shot stopping I've done, handling I've done. And I have to say, Robert... Do you it, think that's helped you? Yeah. I was just going to say, and in a funny way, and I maybe shouldn't say this, but it rekindled me enthusiasm for it as well. Do you think, did it show you things that you didn't think you knew? Did you I think, think it's, like- I think I knew them. It just gave me a different way of, of looking at it. And then he would say to me, so uh, do you speak to the goalkeepers the day before the game? And it's like, well, I do, but just when, we're, yeah, when yeah. I'm training, yeah. no, no. Look at, you know, yeah. get some video footage, blah, blah, blah. Do you film training? As I was saying to you before, yes, with the yes. FA, we filmed every session. I've still got them. I'd like you to film training because it's good for you to look back. And, and he just, as I say, he, he just, in another way, he re-enthused yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, Because he, had a, he has an enthusiasm. Yes. And I have to say, with Rafa, it's a bit different from Sir Bobby. With Sir Bobby, he knew goalkeeping, but it was like, he used to call me goalkeeping lad. So, yeah, yeah. He, he did, you yeah. know, goalkeeping lad, you get on with it. Uh, with Rafa, he's got a, a real interest in it. Yeah. Has done some goalkeeping yes. coaching himself in his younger days. Very, very good. Good knowledge about it. And, then, you know, yes. has been, again, uh, t- it took a while because it's like everything else. Like, what do you know? What do I know? What yeah. do you know? Yeah. What do I yeah. know? Yeah. So there was a bit of like getting to know each other, getting a trust, getting yes. a, yeah. do, are you thinking the same as I am? But when that all of a sudden clicks, it's then Great. like, oh, that's, that's terrific. So yeah. I, I can actually go to him now and say, what do you think about this? Yeah, or what yeah. do you think about that? And he you know and that he, yeah, he can and, give you an, an answer and that's, that's appropriate. Uh, which yeah. is, yeah. yeah. And, and, but, but, but the bottom line, we're, we're thinking on the same lines, yeah. Rob. Yeah. So that's been, that's been, but it's been, as I say, from that side of it, it's been really good. Um, does he interfere at times? Possibly. But again, that's him. That, that's, that's his, his passion and enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, as a as a as a manager, yeah, uh, I said to you before. I mean, I don't like to, and I, and I don't you don't like to compare people, but he can, he can manage and coach. Mm-hmm. So uh, he has a lot of similarities between with 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 Sir Bobby. Yeah, know, uh, the the river. Even though one's Spanish, one was English. Well, it's like they, they understand the game. They understand the game. They've got a passion and enthusiasm for coaching. Yeah, and they've got a a, a, a fantastic way of, of manage, managing, dealing with players, right. dealing with people. Yeah, you know, um, Lucy will often say with Sir Bobby when he walked in, he used to light up the room. Yeah. Rafa has a similar. Yes, uh, you know, presence. It, yeah, it, it, he does because, well, because they 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 smile and they're open and they're you know yeah. confident in themselves if you want but the, but so the there is a, there's a lot of um a lot there's a lot of similarities, similarities. i say I, you, not that that's i'm not sure where well i don't know some people don't like to be compared with other people no, but but they're but you, within work it's a personal thing to you and especially because i've worked, well i'm lucky because i work with both yeah, both yeah you know so when i look back and eventually rob when i 
beside me left legs dropped off and I can't carry on anymore and I look back and the people that I've worked with yeah you know you, I, you definitely see them too as a I mean I'm obviously from my own point of view I'm I'm hoping that Rafa can have the same success at Newcastle United that Sir Bobby did, so Bobby did taking yeah. us into Europe yeah so like we say well whether that would be great you know um from yeah. a coaching point of view I've I, I got I got a new goalkeeper for Christmas yeah um <laughs> it's like you know um I've watched him play Rafa's done his homework on him uh, obviously the scouting department have yeah. identified him in the first place through agents and all the rest of it so we've done our homework but Martin comes um but like I was saying before fits in great with Rob and Carl who were obviously disappointed yes. because they want to play and all the rest of it so professional so but, but but fits in yeah. so that working environment that learning environment hopefully continues yes. on yeah you know he, he didn't come in and just play straight away so we had a like a three-week period where he got to the speed so i had to explain look you're not gonna because of this but yeah but him as a person kind yeah. of thought to himself yeah i do need to do this yeah and the other side of it has um He's bought in also to what he knows that I'm trying to help him. Yes. So he's so even though he's just come, he knows that my agenda. I I don't really have an agenda. My agenda is to so make he him wants the, to be coached. Yeah, it's to make him the best that yeah, I yeah. can make him and and supporting him and you know it's it's like with your children, Rob. It's like do you love one more than the other? There's a bit there's it's yeah, there's yeah, that kind of thing yeah, going yeah, on. You know yeah. how do you treat the middle child and yeah, yeah. who's the youngest and oh well he got this and he got a bite before I did. Yeah, there's a lot of that in in a completely different yeah, yeah. different scenario. Yeah. But there's you got to manage that. So you got to manage that and finding out what makes him tick and what he's thinking and what does he want to do longer. So, so there's all that. It's not so, about judging crosses all the time, sign. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, often, I mean, I spoke to you, Rob, at length about it. I mean, a lot of the times, I think goalkeeping coaching at the senior level is is as much about psychology. Yeah. And working with people mm. as, you know, going back to what I was saying, it becomes fine-tuning. And yeah. that's really where the yeah, coaching yeah. bit comes into yeah, it. So that the fine-tuning, looking at little instances yeah. maybe within a match where would you have been two yards further forward? You know, should you have stood still? Should you have moved in a position quicker? But they're just little detail. Little tweaks, yeah. Yeah, whereas obviously with the younger ones, you try to... You're trying, You're trying to, to get really the whole build them fundamentals. And, yeah, exactly. Nailed. Right. You know, so so it is different. But as I say, then the main part of it is dealing with their differences, people, their difference in the position that they yeah, hold yeah. within the club even. Yeah. You know, so. So great. Um, so, yeah, it's been, <laughs> so far, it's been an interesting, uh, <laughs> an interesting journey. So, so on, on your, you're still full of enthusiasm and, um, and, and lots, lots to look forward to. So, Simon, that's been absolutely fantastic yeah to, to to share this with people because I, I do feel so privileged that uh, i do get to you know in your, in your life you do get to meet people and on one-on-one -on -one conversations it's just you know you, you kind of glean it but it's great to share and that's one of the reasons that i started this podcast to, to to help coaches out there to to, to access people people like yourself um it, it's been absolutely fantastic um and i know we spoke for a good hour before we've done I don't, I'm not sure what we've done now, but we've, we we could go on and I know and I could be here till till Kingdom come. And I was already an hour and a half late because I got lost. I blame the sat nav, but it wasn't all the sat nav; it was me. Um, but it's been great. I, I I always finish with a couple of little little questions right about you because <laughs> right. it's about you because you know. Um, and I hope I'm not going to flummox you with this, but I know you're a, 
a great family man and and and, and I know you're you know you you're passionate about your kids and how they're getting on and stuff like that but just a little bit about you so um have you got a favorite film Sam you got a favorite a film that just goes to like do you know what I mean I love that film or <laughs> have you got one of them uh <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark Raiders of the Lost Ark side yeah and James Bond I love James Bond yeah yeah Dark man okay um have you got a piece of music that you either use for like before games or you used to use before games or that you're inspired or is something that's special to you because it might be, a, is it work or family or? Uh, I'm a, ma- a massive Phil Collins fan. Oh yeah, big Phil Collins Phil, fan. Yeah. Uh, and uh, look, I was very lucky last year in the summer in Paris to go and see him in concert. Obviously. Decent, yeah. Uh, which was fantastic. So Lucy and I traped to Paris. The kids bought me the tickets for Christmas. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it, it's a, that's a great, it's, it's a sound, it, it, there's a soundtrack of our lives, really, within, within, within Phil, Phil Collins. Collins. Is yeah. That's and great. it's, so that's. Special, yeah? Yeah. So yeah. that is a very good question, Rob, I've yeah. got to say. No, no, it's yeah. great. No, it's, uh, great. yeah. So okay. that's, yeah, that's okay. a, yeah, interesting. Okay. Um, if there's anything, okay, so let's just move away from football a little bit. So if there's anything about the world that you could change, so this is a bit of a philosophy, okay, you've got one thing. Okay, if there's, or I'll give you two, but you can't give more than two. If there's one or two things that you could change about the world, if you had, so you there, you got your magic wand. Are you with me? What would those? What would that one thing, if you can, or two, if you can't, nail it down to one? Um, po- po- poverty would be the would be a a definite trying to top of the yeah top of the list for sure. Um, helping people out in help, Paris, yeah, right, so. yeah, and. Third world countries and yeah, yeah, we get that. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I find it hard to come to terms with some of that. Um, yeah, without going into a political discussion, because yeah, we're sitting here, aren't we? And we've got yeah, we know. are. I mean, it was funny last week. Went to Dubai. Never been to Dubai before. Ben's moved out to Dubai to do some coaching, which is fantastic. You go to Dubai; it's like Disneyland for adults. Superb place. The buildings, it's clean, you feel safe. Uh, there's money, there's the best sports cars you've ever seen. And you just, every shop you've wanted to go in. I've been in Adidas, more Adidas shops than I thought Adidas had, or Nike, or whoever. But, but underneath that, I'm side. seeing builders being busting at five o'clock in the morning. And, you know, they can't work if it's over 41 degrees. And it's like, oh. Right, okay, so we, within that, the people who are, yeah, 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 and, it, and so they, but they still get paid enough to send money back home, yeah, yeah, to support their families in year, and it's yeah, it's it's a it's a thought. It Very really nice. brings it to the front of you. Okay. Yeah. And last of all, Simon. Um, so obviously, your um, Newcastle United's first team goalkeeping coach. You you you. You're in Sconce. I know that you, um, you've for a long time, you've been on Twitter because I know you've been like, you've had a great little Twitter feed for 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 a long time. So I know your numbers have grown and stuff like that. So if anybody wants to access your knowledge, I know you know they can't come and knock on Newcastle United's training ground. We know that because you you know. Um, but if people want to access your knowledge or want to access your goalkeeping school or people who who you can point them in their direction or where where can people perhaps find you for for you know if you want for for stuff that you share whether that's social media or, or uh, yeah, what's that? Tw- Twitter's <laughs> Twitter's an interesting one because uh, I don't follow anybody. Oh, you don't? Oh, okay. So I don't really use it properly. Uh, <laughs> but that was part of my th- like you're saying, Rob. Um, how how do you get out to the to the goalkeeping 
Publix. Yeah. Your thoughts on a particular yeah. glove or a particular? I try not to comment on goalkeepers. Yeah. You know, it'd be so easy. Yeah. In this World Cup to comment. But I've I've tried to steer away yeah. and used it for education. Some of my thoughts, as you, as you said before, I think I've had one personal one. Um, and and it, it's, yeah, so the reason for not following anybody is be, is not because I don't want to. That That's just the way that I see it working. Yeah, okay. uh, and as I say, I try and keep it goalkeeping specific. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, it, which some of the... So if anybody wants to access your... Yeah, so I'm on Twitter, so the Simon Smith GK on Twitter. And then... Um, I do still have a website, simonsmithgoalkeeping.com. Okay, and uh, what I, we didn't mention was I actually did the book first, yeah. and then I've done three DVDs on goalkeeping, goalkeeping classroom, sorry, keeper's classroom, a degree of goalkeeping, goalkeeping fitness. I think I might have looked at one. Actually. Now, the funniest thing about this, Rob, is that I made the first one in 2004, which is a long time ago. I don't watch it all at the time because I'd be sad. But I've looked at it. People keep saying to me, you need to do another one. And I've looked at it, and I'm not sure I could do any better. As good today as it's ever been. I could, I could, Ben would be a lot older, because it's Ben who's in yeah, it. Yeah. He'd have different up-to-date kit on, he'd have different boots on, he'd have different gloves. But the actual goalkeeping principles, eh? principles Rolling there, yeah. wouldn't change. In fact, some of it, I, yeah. So that's why I've held off. The other reason I've held off is now there is so much on... YouTube and different yeah. people's websites, um, which I, some of it concerns me because it's not. It, You're not it, sure it's, it's, no, I'm not sure it's actually conducive to yeah. producing yeah. better goalies. Yeah. And then you're in a fight with people to say, "Well, yeah, that's okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you need yeah, to yeah. listen to mine." Um, so yeah, so I, and 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 as I say, we did it in 2004, and and it's still selling. Really, and it's it like. Yeah. Not so. Simon, that's Simon Smith, the man, <laughs> and Simon Smith, the goalkeeping coach. And um, it's been an absolute privilege, Simon. Um, you've given up a, a massive chunk of your day to, to accommodate me and, um, and you've invited me into your beautiful home. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure. I can't thank you enough. So I hope Rob, it's been a um, pleasure. you've enjoyed sharing. And oh, I definitely. hope that people can get from this everything that I've been able to get over the last the last few years but Simon thanks very much thank you very much